Welcome to the Coaches Area podcast, hosted by me, Ross Flintoft. It's in association with Tactical Thinker, where the listener or listeners will be able to have full access, all areas, to coaches talking about the beautiful game. Tonight, my special guest is Richard Cashman. Hiya, Richard. Good evening. How are we all doing? Good. How, um, we're going to start things off, um, and good evening to the listeners as well, or it could just be me and you listening, who... <laughs> Who knows? Um, I seen on Twitter a while ago um, that you've done um, a fitness. So how's that? How, how's the fitness regime going? Everything's been actually really good. Um, I'm a tickler for just being accountable, and I think I have better consistency if I have some accountability. Um, Jack Gallagher's my online coach, and yeah, he keeps me accountable. We have a plan. We have a nutrition guide, and at the age of thirty, I think just. I don't want to get to a dad bod too soon. So um, I'm yeah. trying to maintain some kind of integrity. Um, but yeah, and I'm trying to manage an injury at the same time. So um, can't complain. Everything's going really good at the moment. I think that's um, like really good because I haven't run in about 15 years. I stopped playing football when I was 20. <laughs> and, um, I don't think I've um, if I have a fitness regime since so would you recommend an online fitness regime and if the listeners don't know uh jack on online on, on on twitter what does and if and if people are listening and thinking oh that may be quite good for me um could could you offer any um insight to what jack offers or or, or what is what is your regime with with jack even before going to like that step of, <clears throat> excuse me, like an online coach, it's having a target. Before I met Jack, it was just having a target. What do I want to achieve? What can I do? Like yourself, you just mentioned that you stopped playing football at the age of 20. I think I was younger. I think I was 18. I thought, what's next? What kind of activity can I do? I then went into running. I thought, okay, let's just do a 5K, turn into a half marathon, turn into a London marathon. So just slowly just building on those little small targets having interest, trying new stuff. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed running until then you get injured. So then came an online coach and Jack has an app. Um, he has the workout plan in there. He gets to provide feedback. Um, every week we sit down and basically have a chat about how the week gone. He provides feedback. Then we sort of assess next week. Let's adapt this. Let's try and eat this. So I, there's ongoing support, which is personalised to me with my ongoing injuries, he can be very flexible with the plan. So I think for anyone being out there listening, it's just finding someone that understands you and like we'll tap into it later in terms of coaching, but being person-centred. And I think Jack just eclipsed that where he really considers me as a person, like where do I live? Where's the closest gym? What, what equipment do I have? What time do I have? What's my work? So really gets everything and puts it into a small package for me. Um, and I can't fault it. It's enjoyable. It's a challenge. It gets adapted every week. If you're listening and you really want to start something, don't stop. Don't think about it. Just go for it. Brilliant, brilliant bit of advice. Um, I don't think since I was since I've um, been twenty, I don't think I've either started anything to do with any fitness regime. Yeah, sometimes go like walking and stuff. I do like yes. six and a half mile. Like Even if you like walking, stuff. if you want to go like do some kind of like mountain walking or like a long distance walk, it's just building those targets. Um, for me, it was just like raising money for charity, and that really motivated me. And it took away 
not just the, the enjoyment of doing an activity, but I had a purpose. I was doing something that was fulfilling for someone else and all those people are benefiting from that charity. So, yeah, it's just finding something and riding with it and seeing where it goes. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's... I think that's what sometimes it is, isn't it? When you start something new, you just need to take off and, and just go for it and just take that like kind of leap of faith. And then I never just, would just have guessed being 18 would I've ever run a 5K, let alone yeah. <laughs> go and doing two marathons. 5K just sounded so far for me. <laughs> to be fair, I still struggle with the 5K now, to be fair, but I, I think I should be doing more, to be fair. So, yeah, so whoever is listening and, 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 and wants to get... Um, in touch with Jack, I'm sure he's on Twitter and, and I'm, yeah, I'm Jack sure Gallagher, if, you find him. Or if or if they can get in contact with you on, on, on yeah. Twitter and you can give it them the, the details which will be which is brilliant. Okay. We'll crack on for uh, uh the pod. Um so what does football or football coaching mean to you? I, I you know, I've been thinking about it since you sent me the questions. Um what does it mean to me and having that relationship with football in, in two cents, really. So I've broken it down in my thoughts for like football for me from a personal perspective is enjoyment from the sense of watching it, um, going to games live on TV, having conversations about the game, uh, working with people, like-minded people. I just want to learn from like a fan, like a coach, like just like a normal person about the sport. <clears throat> and that's from my personal point of view. Um, from a football coaching point of view, I think it represents an opportunity to participate in something that's fulfilling for myself and for others. Um, being in a privileged position to create potentially an environment where everyone can be inclusive and included, <clears throat> nobody excluded. And having that environment where you have a chance to potentially support players and people to reach their own potential not as just footballers or athletes, but as people and seeing them develop as men or women into fulfilling roles in life. I think it's such a powerful vehicle for everyone. Yes, we can only talk about wins and losses and I've got this X amount of wins, this X amount of losses. But if we take that away, yes, we want players to be competitive and reach the pinnacle of sport potentially. But what about like the, the more fulfilling potential elements of sport where they play football. Like you and I just mentioned then, we stopped playing at 20. So what about trying to encourage people to have a long life participation in sport, regardless of the level? I see players now where they're in their 20s and they'll stop and say hello to me and they'll have that social skills. For me, that's far more rewarding than them quitting sport or not having the social skills. So I know that I've touched on a lot quite there, but for me, it's having that privilege to be a part of someone's journey whether that be in sport or just in life. Um, yeah, just for me, it's just not simply about <clears throat> advocating wins or losses. Um, and that isn't my only measure of success. It's probably a love for the game, if that sort of encapsulates yeah. it all. Good, good stuff. Um, I think how when you're coaching, Richard, how... how um, Important is building that connection with players. So I think we we before we came onto the pod, we were talking about um your fitness regime with with Jack. Um, and he said like something about uh person centered. How is that um kind of helped you, or do you think a connection 
player centered first coaching is is important how 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 big do you think that is with the connection with player to coach coach player i think like rewinding time i think when i first started i think we've all been there i wanted to take every single element of that coaching environment i put the columns down you go there there's five minutes for this parents go over there i wanted to take everything and going back to my college course we used to laugh when we talk about it now where I used to sort of get a telling off for trying to control everything, a control freak when I started coaching. I didn't really think about the players or people there. How would I approach them? What do they get out of it more than just simply participating and engaging? So over the years, like the academic journey, by working, by experiences coaching, person-centered is like, for me, the pivotal part of how I approach coaching Players need to be understood. There needs to be a built of relationship over time. And yes, it will not happen within the first session, but nothing stops you from starting from that first session, getting there early, asking them about their school, their family, what's worked, what hasn't worked in their week. Does the training need to be adapted because they've got a little bit of a niggle or they've got like marathon training the next day or because we had one player in our last team who um, represented Wales long distance was he, did he have a race the next day? So could I so be more lenient to him, being centred around him? It's just understanding players. And I think once that built around your players, I think they start to respect you and that trust. And I think that inclusive environment comes into it. And I think players get a lot more out of it if I had a person-centred approach. It sounds easier than it is um, because you will learn, you'll make mistakes. Um, going back to a couple of seasons ago, we did a feedback form um, with our players. It was anonymous. And I think 70% of my players said they felt that I spoke to them all the time during sessions. One or two of them said that I barely spoke to them, which was a surprise to me. So it was natural for me then to learn from that, make sure that I captured every single person that came to that session and make them feel that they're a part of it. Not just for the session, but as a person. So it's important to get feedback as well from players to improve that person-centered approach brilliant um what is your coaching journey to date so when you started what and we're on the pod now so what is your coaching journey from where you started and what you're on um to now with on the pod it's been i would say one hell of a journey um and looking back and i have a sense of being proud of i'm a small i'm from a small village in north wales up in the mountains so for me to gain all the experiences I've had, I will tap myself on the back for going out there. So I started when I was about 18, um, when I mentioned earlier in college, when I got the thirst for coaching. But like I said, I took over everything. Um, it was a group work supposed to be, but I took over everything. Um, and that started with college, some local soccer schools, going after school clubs, really getting into like the volunteering work with the younger age groups. Um, like I said, in North Wales, which is a small geographical area in terms of like clubs around here. Um, from there, I, college really, what's the word I'm looking for, enthused me about football coaching. They really gain some kind of knowledge and perspective for me to chase that sort of dream of coaching. Um, they made it enjoyable for me, so they opened up the gate for me to go to university. So from 18 which I never thought I'd go to university, by the way. Never got the grades from school. So I went to Cardiff Met University in South Wales. Again, it was like moving away for the first time, going to a new place, 
Um, but within uni, I gained experiences with the Earth, which is like a Welsh organisation. Uh, Goal, Goal, again, is another Welsh organisation where they offer football practices for young kids. Um, worked with Cardiff Mets Academy for some volunteering hours and then got an opportunity to coach within the Cardiff City Development Centre with U9s, U10s. That was all within my studies. Um, but again, I think it did t- take a toll on my academic work because I work so much. But looking back, I've got this X amount of hours of coaching and this, my degree, they go hand in hand. I wouldn't want it any other way, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then through all those ages, it was like from U9s all the way to like U16s. And during my final year university, I got asked to do the men's fourth team there. I'd never coached men's in my life before, which was daunting, especially university students or maybe like a drink or two. Um, it was a real test. Again, being in the fourth team, you have to play, move players up, you have to get players from the fifth team. It was all about flexibility because of supporting the first team. Um, massive learning experience, but we did achieve and we did win our league in that year, which was a small achievement, but for me, being first year, it was yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Um, then from uni, I had this dream, and I thought it was small, but I think we could start dreaming somewhere of going to the United States to coach I don't like using the word, but soccer mm-hmm. um, for you and I, it's football, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but I, I just took the plunge and applied through a company called Youth League Soccer. And you had to go to Aston Villa's training ground, um, a complex, to have some kind of trial day. I passed that and I was given an opportunity to go to work in Connecticut with a club called Shelton Youth Soccer. And I was there for just under 18 months working with teams from U9 to U14s from their travel premier program amazing opportunities um, I think that's I will get into it slightly but that's where my thirst for youth sports parents came in seeing American sports parents um, we'll discuss that but yeah from there um, I took the idea then I couldn't sustain that career in America I wanted to go home and do my B license so I came home and back on that journey did my way for B license, did my teacher's training, worked with some Welsh academies, um, and then took a break from coaching, really, because the commitments I've had through work and having a back injury um, didn't permit me to get into coaching. But fingers crossed, there's an opportunity coming up uh, to start again in September. Um, so hopefully I'll be back on the field from September coaching again um, with a U14 team. So Looking back, looking forward to get back into it after a break. But like I said, the journey's been a ride. There's been plenty of mistakes along the way, plenty of learning. Um, for, not for a second am I thinking I'm an expert coach by far. I want to learn. And from like the Twitter engagement that I have over the years, is I'm always open to learn. And throughout that journey, I work with some amazing people, observe some amazing coaches. And I've just logged it all trying to get sessions here, trying to get some resources here and there, and I just wanted to share that. But that's my coaching journey in a nutshell, which has been a crazy 10 years or so. <laughs> Sounds, you've had an uh, experience of, like, younger age groups, older age groups, like, a, quite a, a vast experience to your, to add it to your toolkit, add it to your arsenal. Um, and, obviously, you, 
you follow myself, I follow you on, on, on Twitter, and once you produce this ebook that I've bought, and if the listeners are wanting to get this ebook, I not because you're on the pod tonight, I highly recommend mm-hmm. it because I'm I'm looking at it all the time. So what does the new ebook have in store for coaches that you've produced? So it was a, a massive project of labor of love because like you said, the ride of coaching for me has been massive learning curve. And I wanted to put something in one place where all the methodologies and approaches that I've experienced, I've learned, I've come to understand from like doing a degree, from doing all these courses. I wanted to get it into one place and create a coaching methodology ebook. It is not a guide of how I coach or how you should coach. It's all the resources out there that I've found, understood, unlocked, put them into one place, potentially to transform other coaches' perspective to maybe unlock something they didn't know before or match theory to practice or practice the theory or even provoke a thought going, why is that person-centred? And they go and sort of research it further in their own sort of way, method, evidence-based. So I wanted one place to sell it all, um, all packed with infographics. It's not just written with words. It's just nice, fancy diagrams. That took some time, by the way. Um, and I just wanted people to read it and encapsulate what coaching and what methodologies are out there for them to try. And like I said, I just want to reiterate, it's not Richard Cashman's way. It's different approaches, which are evidence-based for people to just take away something and apply to their own context. It might seem simplistic that there's a, a model of person-centered or this is a coaching philosophy, but again, it's just thought-provoking of or this coach things like this. How do I think? And re- just relating it to myself and yourself and your environment, your experiences, um, it's just, it just needs to be a reflection of people's journeys and their own environments and how those methodologies can shape their own knowledge. If they want to ask questions, they can contact me through Twitter, email, just get in touch and have a discussion about them and how it fits into their environment. But it's a long ebook for people to just dip in and out of. It's not a thousand page essay or PhD. It is just full of infographics um, that people can take away something small and apply to their own coaching. The reason why I kind of bought it in in and still look at it now and use it's because for my point of view and hopefully the listeners if they buy it or, or have bought it hopefully they agree they might, might have different opinions and that and that's fine but for me it was it was really quite visually striking so i quite like the graphics i quite like the diagram stuff like that it's simple simple to use easy to follow um it's it's clear and it's concise. There's no, you know, sometimes I can talk for England and blab on and go around the houses just to get them at yeah. one point. And it, that's kind of yeah. what it is. It's straight to the point. There's no jargon in it. There's um, ideas. There's tips. There's things you can try. Things yeah. um, like, because I've tried uh, on, on a soccer week, the Monopoly type game. Yeah. I think I got in touch with you and I said, "Is it, w- would it be okay to to use this with my own um, coaching with the Monopoly game?" and and it and it worked quite well. Um, 
the technology it, being like at the forefront of just society as general. I think that gamification comes into it where we could put levels into our practices, we could put points, we can play Monopoly, we can play Minecraft. Just intriguing someone's sort of imaginative uh, response to an activity where it's the the vehicle is, is football, but you use it in a creative gamification way. So like you said, it's just very visual. I want it to be there for all coaches at all levels to dip in and out of and try things. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. It's just reflecting on it. And there's templates inside the workbook yeah. um, to reflect, to learn and embrace what you're trying to change. Because as a coach, we're all on the same journey. We're all trying to learn and it will fluctuate. It will have a bad session. You'll have what is perceived by others, a great session, but really inside you're like, oh, that wasn't great because I didn't speak to that person or I yelled or it's just trying to learn. And that ebook is there just as a, I think a foundation for you to just dip in now. Yeah. Again, like, like I've, I've used the, 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 the football bingo stuff. Um, and what I kind of, um, I can't remember what, what it is on now, but could you talk myself and the listeners through what you mean by, and I've, and I've never lost this, these two words, what, what, what is skillful neglect? So skillful neglect, I think is very sort of uncommon. Um, a lot of people tend not to hear about it and it's probably mixed sometimes with guided discovery. So sk- skillful neglect is, it refers to a deliberate coaching approach where you as a coach intentionally step back and refrain from excessive intervention. So you don't get involved. You allow the players to coach, you allow the players to figure things out in their own way. That does not mean that you don't coach. There might be a repetitive level of mistakes or a player might do the same action again and again and they don't fulfil what's been asked. Nothing stops you reflecting with that player at the end. But in that moment, step away. But this is where the uncomfortable nature comes in. But as you and I know... As coaches, we want to be seen or perceived as coaching. That means we're talking, we're finger pointing, we're moving cones, we're talking to players, we're busy because we have to be perceived by others as coaching. But you're still coaching if you take a step back. Allow those players to express themselves. Because sometimes, again, I think as coaches, we and I've learned this the hard way, we want to jump in because the coach education system is like, stop, freeze, I've identified something. Let's recreate that. Let's go through it in unopposed. Let's go through it opposed and let's play. But how many times you do that in a session, you take away the fun of it. So if you have a small side of game, step back, just observe the players. If the player has a step over routine he wants to do and he doesn't do it, we all instantly want to stop it and blame the player. What if it was a great tackle by that defender? Why can't we compliment that player for doing an outstanding tackle? That sometimes is the solution. What if we allow that player to go, okay, maybe I approached that too slowly. Maybe my front leg didn't go around the ball as I wanted it to. Maybe I can approach it in a different way. Allowing that player to figure out. And if he, if he doesn't succeed in that four or five times, again, wait until the end maybe for this approach, skillful neglect, and speak to them, reflect them on the way to the car or to the way to the end to collect the balls. How do you feel that went? I saw you trying to do that step over. How do you think it went? Allowing them to sort of find the solutions where guided discovery is more where it still involves some degree of guidance and structure where we put in the skillful neglect is a deliberate step back and we don't intervene no decision making 
it's about players learning. And it is uncomfortable because we all want to be seen, like I said, as coaching. And it's a balancing act. We don't have to do it all the time. I've always, in my coaching plans or sessions, I sometimes, ahead of time, pick a coaching style that I want to use at different parts of my session. So I might be um, autocratic here, or I might do a skillful neglect there, or my guide discovery at the end. And I'll try and flip it around. And that's the feedback I got from my players that I had a couple of years ago at U16 was that they used and they observed me doing different coaching styles at different times in the session. So it's just finding that balance of what to use and understanding your players. And intervening all the time is not necessarily fantastic. Um, I remember when I did my way for B uh, practice runs with a mentor, my players used to hate it because I used to do the whole coaching process all the time. It was boring and repetitive. Nothing stops you doing that process um, individually, so you identify it. doesn't mean you have to stop it straight away. Take five minutes, take ten minutes, take that one play out maybe, or speak to them at the end, like I just said. It's just having that balance. Um, and it's hard actively not coaching, standing there, and you've got a smiley face, and we've all been there doing nothing you look like you are not doing anything. Yeah. Um, so it's just having that confidence of you are still coaching. You've set up the environment. Players are learning. Um, there's all cliches sometimes where players used to learn when they play in the road or in the field without coaches. We'll create that environment for them. Then, And it doesn't have to be all the time, like I just said, but players need to have space. Players need to have the environment to feel that they can be empowered to unlock their own potential and just reflect with them a small conversation afterwards. So just going back to that sort of skillful neglect, it's a deliberate coaching approach where you take an intentional step back and do not intervene. There's no rules, there's no guidance, a small side of game, off you go, and that's it. The skillful neglect kind of, it reminds me of when I used to play football in primary school and we just had four jumpers, two at either end, no rules, no teachers were there to, to uh, say the rules or whatever. We made the rules up as a free kick, uh, penalty, corner, whatever it might be. So skillful neglect is, for me, just... It's similar to free play, free play, yeah. Thinking, thinking from what you've just said there is going back to school and letting the kids come up with the rules yeah. and letting the kids just actually just do it. And you think about down to that sort of step over example I said, how many times did you kick a ball at a goal and go, Do you know that power wasn't quite there or the accuracy or next time I'll place it to the other side of the goalie? You as a player you figure things out or you find solutions in your mind. You don't need a coach to yell at you because that scenario will never happen exactly the same again. But you could consider alternatives. You don't need an adult to shout at you to say something maybe negative or maybe try that next time. You're already as a player thinking that didn't quite work, or you can just compliment a defender for an outstanding tackle. Me being a defender, yes, defenders are great. <laughs> we do tackle quite quite well. Um, so it's just considering the environment and doing that occasionally, and you'll be surprised. Players will actually adore you for just standing back and just being there. Um, just dips it dips it out in terms of like planning. You just put it in once, I don't know, every six weeks, every four weeks. Um, but try it. As coaches listening, I would recommend you just trying it. Um, or 
from this conversation, just going away and reading further about it, how could it be implemented, um, maybe some guidance around it, and just trying it and seeing players' response, get their response. How does it feel for you as a coach to stand there, do nothing, reflect on that? Because that is something like that, uncomfortable. Because um, we've all got our big Adidas coat or uh, branded jacket and we're standing there with our hats on and in the winter we want to be doing something. So, yeah, just reflect on that part. I think it was... Um... I mean, the, the listeners like yourself can, can correct us if I'm wrong here, but I think it was Sean Dyche had said on, uh, or found a quote from uh, Sean Dyche that said, you don't shout at your, at your children if they're learning maths or English, so why yeah. do you shout them playing, why do you shout at them playing football? And I thought, oh, like, I've never known. Yeah, going back to that, it's like you, you, you soccer parents in America, the first game, I was so surprised how loud they were. It was like the San Siro on like the recreational park. It was loud. I thought, we need to speak about this. But I didn't want to confront them. So I was like, if your son or daughter was in like a high school, are you in the door shouting at them to add five and five or whatever to tell them the answer? You're not there. Allow them to be coached by or mentored by someone. Allow them to make those mistakes. Don't be in that college door high school door to shout similar to Sean Dice's quote there it worked and one of the presents I got when I left was like referring to not shouting and letting them play so <laughs> the the message got well said and done brilliant um, how many hours did it take you to build your website with full of fantastic information for coaches players and parents and if people are listening and, and thinking that Having been on your website before, could you tell us about the 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 website name and, and, and what is on there to help players, coaches, parents? Just taking a whole step back to like how it got created and going back to my experience in the States, um, I lived with a father called Dan. I might be misspelling his name or mispronouncing his name, but Dan, um, an orforio, Italian, and he told me all the experiences I had, why don't you get a blog out there? Why don't you get your views out there? Share it with other people. I thought, who wants to listen to me writing blogs or like evidence-based practices or whatever? So in 2015, that's what I did. I went and started a WordPress website, which didn't take me that long, maybe an hour or two to create a website. But that concept was called the Sporting Influencer, if people can remember, if they're listening. And it's primarily focused specifically on new sports parents, the Athletic Triangle, um, some of the blogs about objective of youth sport, which I still share today and I've updated them, but it's just mainly focused on parents. But taking a step back, I thought I could offer a lot more here. So I took the initiative and shaped the website from that to the sporting resource where I could share a lot more around coaching and youth soccer parents and coaching methodologies and parents and players and all the complex things that come with coaching. So, yeah, in 2016, the idea came. 2017, it went public. Uh, on the website, you can find videos, blogs, professional opinions, uh, guest blogs, resources. And I would say 97% of the stuff on the website is free for people to download, read. You don't need to sign up. Then doesn't need to be a complicated system. You simply click, read, download, it's yours. And there's a couple of things that I've started to sell because they take a substantial amount of time to put together. 
and those things are quite affordable in my eyes for the time that's been put into them. Um, but like I said, 97% of stuff is just for free and it's just wanting to share. Um, it's not a website that makes substantial amount of money for, through ads because it's not a public website. So it's just sharing things because I want to empower coaches. I want to unlock their potential. Like I said, I don't know the answers, but I hope that what I share provokes an idea for them to further read or further investigate and they can develop their own skills and rescue maybe their confidence at the same time that they're doing okay for them then to reflect and grow and develop. Um, it's been a journey. I'm not a very technological um, individual to begin with, but over the last five, six years, I've just watched YouTube videos. I've spoken to people. I've gone on like Google courses, Canva courses, just to get better at developing content and how to share them, understanding when to post things, the best time to post things, um, links, emojis, how they stand out. So I've tried to learn a different skill to share resources, um, but it encompasses everything around coaching. So if people want to head over, it's the sportingresource.wordpress and feel free to take as much as you want from there or take as little as you want from there. Um, or contact me. There's a contact form at the bottom of every page and it comes directly to me and we can set up a call, message me, we can discuss any ideas. Um, but I hope people listening just head over and just explore. Like I said, everything's for free on there, so take advantage. I still can't believe that 97% of what is on your website is is, is totally free. Because some of the stuff I've... I've seen, I've only been on a couple of times, I've only clicked on what kind of stood out to, to me personally. And some of the stuff that you have, and it's in loads of detail, and it's how it's written, how it's um, kind of projected on the screen, how it's kind of presented to the to reader. I still can't believe 97% it, it's free. Because if that was, for me, if I was doing that as a a complete yearly cycle website, whatever it is, and and the information that you give or what's on there, I'm saying, yeah, you can have all that, but you have to pay a, about approximately £500 a year for it. Wow. Thanks, that's a massive compliment. Um, because... And it's nice to know that people take something from it and appreciate it. Um, at the minute, it's just a... I, I don't like to use the word hobby, but it's something that I do post-work and post my career. Um, I'm trained to be an occupational therapist or work, or work in social services, um, and that is my career. And then once I come home, I spend a few hours a night putting these resources together, and it's for free. I, I don't want to be looked upon as making a substantial amount of money because I'm sharing stuff. I'm here because I want to, like I said, empower other coaches and they could take as much from it as they want. But there's a couple of things that have taken me maybe a year or six months to put together. That's when I think I'll charge a, a low but cost meaningful amount for people to download it. Um, I'm trying to develop my skills, like I said. So I'm always cautious, especially we're living in a cost of living crisis where I don't want to be looked and frowned upon for that's £500 or £1,000 a year. And yeah. 
yeah. then the resources become non-existent, unfulfilled. Um, maybe one day where the website reaches a stage where there's a momentum and I can make money through ads or external resources or sponsors, maybe. But I want to stay true to the fact that probably over 95% would stay for free forever. Yeah. I, I, still th- I still think you should look into the five hundred pound a year, but um, that but that's just me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's a bit like me. I think um, I set up um, Tactical Thinker for a couple of reasons, but one reason to try to help people. Yeah. With like it's it kind of compared to our uh, similarities to what you have with your experiences and sessions and stuff like that and people were putting sessions on 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 twitter and it's not that i didn't like them or wanted to be better than them i just thought i could offer something yeah i don't know something maybe different maybe something that people could get on board with maybe have a kind of interaction on social media social media is becoming an engine where you can simply get something out of a button or a click yeah. you can get a session on you can get a a coaching methodology ebook or a philosophy or how to build a game model instantly with a click but what it, that's sometimes simplistic where yes it's easy to gain but what are you going to do with that then for me yeah. i hope the website or your resources are just empowering they're unlocking someone's potential and they're thought-provoking for you to investigate further or explore further i don't want my resources to be th- seen as the ultimate this is the way or this is the final say where the sporting resource has all the answers. I don't have all the answers. What I do have is a bunch of resources for you to trial, error, reflect upon, and just utilise and this dish there for support more than like the final answer, what you're trying to look at. If you want to find the answer, well, for me, it's hard to say, but the website that I have is not for you. But if you want to explore different approaches of different concepts and you want to then read upon it and they'll reflect on your own environment and apply it to your own environment all the websites for you yeah hopefully people take that away from it and it's easy to post a tweet and there's a reflective practice template for you to read and utilize try it don't just download it and put it in your phone and it's there for five years go and try it go and fill it in and see how it works if it doesn't work for you well there's another template or you can voice record yourself there's different methods I want people to take away from it. And I hope, from the feedback I've had from the last few years, it's been really positive. Um, the messages I get, it's it drives me, motivates me to continue. Um, but like I said, it's a few hours a night here and there. Um, something I really enjoy, though, because um, we get to have conversations like this. Um, and without that website, we would have never met. The podcast I've done before, I would have never had the experience to do. I'm Welsh first language, so having the experience to talk about coaching in English, again, is another skill set for me to develop, to articulate in the best way I can coaching what it means to me in English. Again, I'm developing another skill set for me. So I'm honoured and privileged that people have, I would say, respect for what I do and utilise it. So hopefully, long that may continue. Brilliant. As long as people are using the resource respectfully and, and, and choosing yeah. people carefully who they give it to um, oh, because people you know people can just or, or sometimes are just on for 
take, 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 take and they don't offer anything back or the likes posts or the retweet posts. Well, yeah. what's your kind of um, thoughts on that? And then, think, then it comes, then it comes back to like you can have a thread, you meet different yeah. people, you do this, you do that. So, what is next for you and the sporting resource? I would say first of all, just slightly going back to the other point was I think the coaching community online for me and the people we've connected with, it's a very strong place at the minute. There's yeah. a lot of fantastic people, and I don't want to mention names because I probably will forget some, but. You and I know there's a lot of resources being put out there, a lot of information, um, a lot of good Twitter handles where you can get information quickly, share ideas. So I just want to compliment all the guys out there and girls out there, women, men around the world that do share stuff online. Hats off to you. It's a strong place. Um, and I do hope that both of us contribute a small part in that. Yeah. Um, what's next for the sporting resource? Um, the aspiration is to build, share more, produce more content, try and be more extensive with what I do from a tactical point of view. And I, I've started that slowly. Um, I'm being one place where coaches of all levels, all abilities, all experience levels can come in and take something away. I try and reach every coach as much as possible from around the globe. And when I look at WordPress, they give you like a breakdown of the countries you've hit or like coaches will have responded to your website the list gets bigger and bigger every year and it's amazing to see and i think the other day there was like 75 people or 75 hits from south korea and i'm like i'm from a small village in north wales i'm like wow and the messages i get from the people around the world wanting their things personalized to them i've worked with two clubs now one in romania one in uh, san jose in america wanting their my resource to be put personalized to them i'm like what an honor what a privilege um so yeah continue to grow and help as much excuse me help as many people as possible brilliant um so if people are thinking well i don't have you on social media um don't know i know i know you've mentioned about don't don't know like the the website because we've 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 kind of skated over it quite quickly so how can people reach you on social media if they want to buy it you're very successful and very informative ebook so how can people reach you on social media website there's a couple so if you've got a pen and paper try and write them down (laughs) (laughs) go Um, first one to find all the ebooks that i sell is on gumroad uh, and you can just put gum r-o-a-d in and the sporting resource will come up twitter it's at the S underscore resource. Facebook and Instagram is the Sporting Resource. And finally, the website is the Sporting Resource.wordpress.com. And you can reach out to yourself and Tactical Thinker just if you need further details on how to reach me. Um, yeah, I'm happy to connect with anyone. And if you've got any resources you want to put on the website, we'll credit you, we'll copyright you all and give you all the credit. Um, and if you want to use the platform for you, for your own resources i'm more than happy to do that as well brilliant brilliant um great for getting people in, involved again and, and, and great for having things that on your website to promote them not just yourself so i think that's fantastic so i've you've we've probably answered this but what does the future have in store is it is it coaching is it going down the more educational route or is it more down with the, the sport and resource and just trying to make that as big as you can and successful as you can? I'm wearing different hats. So I see myself career-wise. Um, 
training has been occupational therapist. That will be my career. Um, then the coaching terms after recovering from injury is getting back on the grass and on the fields. So hopefully this September I'll be back with the U14 team, um, ready to go and getting some session plans together, which I've actually missed putting stuff together. And in terms of my sporting resource hat, it's just getting confidence and getting that exploration and building something, um, learning more skills and how to build content, how to build a website. Um, I think there's so much to learn about that. Um, catering to different age groups, building a love for the game. Um, more recently, I've just put together a colouring book to inhibit people to love a game, understand all the teams in the Premier League by colouring in all their logos. That's for like the younger age groups to get a love of who is Brentford, who is Burnley, and they can colour that logo in. Or parents can do it with their children at the same time. It's just finding stuff for all age groups. And it doesn't have to be a session plan or a post-centred poster or effective practice or um, something complicated. What about a coloring book? So I want to develop all kind of resources for everyone just to have that love for the game. So, yeah, different hats on, but a bright and prosperous on, yeah, learning, developing. It's going to be a busy future. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, I've... It's been fantastic talking to you tonight and thanks very much for, for coming on the pod. Um and good luck with all the um stuff that you do and your your career, your education things, your sporting resource, your your football coaching and hopefully we'll be able to I'll be able to throw another scenario at you that you put on Twitter, um, that I got contacted by another person on Twitter and what would I would do and I think I've Put I've kind of said what I would try to do on that uh, scenario, but keep throwing the scenarios out, and I'll t- keep throwing it back and 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 thinking about what can we do here, what can we do there, what's better, what formations, whatever. So I think it's on that. I think someone put a, a reply that is hard to reply to a scenario given the context because there's so many things and uh, factors to think about. I understand that, but for me it was about a scenario. And people thinking in the simplistic manner of what they would do in that scenario and to promote a thinking so you can read all the thread of responses and go, if I wasn't a scenario, I've got all these strategies that people have given me, maybe I can use them depending on the context. So I know it's hard to answer all the time, but it's sharing what you know for someone else to take that away and consider. So I know it's, yeah, very simplistic to put a scenario thing and I, thinking. I yeah. understand that, but... I would therefore again, where's your scenario? And just, yeah, my goodness, just give a go, just give it a go, yeah, and and just create it's that kind of, just create that interaction. But again, sometimes people on social media just have this kind of, well, it's not going to work because it's not in the proper. There's no other formation with it, or whatever. But just yeah, that, just give it a go. Like yeah, think about it. Just interact with people. So the response has been great, and I think, like I said, if people take one options away and think, if I'm two goals down in the, in the scenario given, and I've got, I remember that tweet someone said that they would do a block midfield or they would go three in the back. If we can help one person from those sorts of strategies, yeah. we've made a massive help, or someone's contributed massively to their development. So just provoking ideas, and that's what I am. Not the final answer, I'm just a process or a step in that contributing process, but... Like I said, really appreciate your opportunity and invite to come on uh, the podcast. And I wish you all the best with everything that you do and all the podcasts. And 
everybody listening. It's just I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. And if you want to reach out, please do. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you, mate.